everyone. My name's Hannah. And I'm Abby. And we are the, the Homegirl Hustlers. We are here to be your guides on how to adjust your mindset, lifestyle, and habits to become the best version of yourself and pursue your passion without limits. Welcome back, Homegirl Hustlers. We are so excited to have you back. As always, what's new? This episode is all about lessons learned from successful entrepreneurs, and we're going to go over five big ones. So when it comes to business and life, entrepreneurs are definitely people we can all learn from. We can learn from their successes and failures, their victories, mistakes, their leadership style, and their drive. We've researched some top entrepreneurs and some important lessons they learned throughout their journeys. Tune in for all of our findings and these lessons. So really excited to talk about this topic. A few episodes ago, we did do a topic about just like tips and different things like that from inspiring leaders. And you guys loved that one. That did so well. We had so many people tune in for it. And so we kind of wanted to do a little bit like something similar to that, but a little bit different. This one is definitely entrepreneurship based. And these are lessons that yes, you can apply in business, but you can also apply to your life for as well. And they're so valuable. I was going over some of these and I was just like, Wow. And it's not just the basics, like, don't be afraid to fail, like what we talk about all the time. It's like, these are actually some very specific lessons that I think, honestly, anyone will get something from each one of these lessons. Absolutely. There's always a lot to learn about this topic. And even just entrepreneurship in general, you can see a lot of it being transferable to other spaces in your life. So definitely have an open mind as we go through these topics. Yes. And another thing to note too is like, as always, we talk to you guys about like it being research-based. Like a lot of these lessons are from Forbes articles and articles from Entrepreneur. And a lot of these different ones specifically are from an Entrepreneur article because they just like, honestly, if you combine a lot of what they're saying, a lot of these are very similar. And so we just want to bring you that knowledge today and kind of go through our opinions on it. So Abby, why don't you take us away with the first lesson learned from successful entrepreneurs. All right. So this first lesson, it's from Kevin Harrington. He is the inventor of the infomercial, the pioneer of a scene on TV and an original shark from Shark Tank. So Invented infomercials like this guy. I said, wait, 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 wait. I just read that and I said, what? How do you invent infomercials? (laughs) Lesson number one, put a price tag on your time. It's the one thing that you can't get back and it is valuable. You need to put it towards what you value the most. And this quote is from, well, this is essentially just to talk about the lesson This is a really big lesson because when it comes to putting a price on your time, I don't think we do that enough, but society does it for us. And society navigates how much our time is worth. And society says you're worth $50 an hour. But as an entrepreneur, you notice that that is not always measurable because as you build your expertise in everything that you have built into a business, you realize that that $50 that Joe might use to do something, you maybe need half the time that he needs to get that thing done. And so your hour is worth a little bit more. You can do it in half the time. Now your hour is worth a hundred bucks to those people. 
or you already spent a year learning that skill, maybe your time's worth $400 an hour. And that's the price tag you want to put on it. So remember that you put time into things, but you also previously put time into learning things. You're not going to get that time back and you have to put a price tag on your time. A really good quote from entrepreneur.com is, while it's important to hustle and grind and look to the future, it's just as important to allow yourself to live in the moment and take time to give back. That means getting clear on what gives life value and what your time is worth. So again, when you put that into perspective, you look at what is important for you, what moments you want to live, what you want to give your time to. So like, This is huge for me. I know because quality time is one of my love languages. And that's like my top love language. So I always value my time against things. And when you know where you want your time to go or you know how much time means to you, then you can say, okay, I'm not going to make this amount of money these next two hours, but I'm going to see my family instead because they're worth more than that to me. And you can actually measure it against other valuables in your life that you might not be putting price tags on previously. And I think this is important too, to know who this is coming from, guys. This is coming from successful entrepreneurs who did have to put in a lot of time to work and to grind and to their passion with their cause for their work and everything like that. And what did they learn? What lesson are they sharing with you? Like, this is a huge one. They're looking back and they're saying, hey, you can't get back your time. And so if you need to, for example, again, like Abby's saying, take the day to spend quality time with your family and not miss an event or not miss something over, you know, maybe extending a deadline an extra day and not being on time for something or having to push. Because remember, time isn't without consequences. So even if you do, you know, go spend that day with your family, that may make you a day behind on work. And that might mean you know, an all-nighter, an extension of that project, whatever that looks like. So we have to remember the consequences, but also remember, like Abby was saying too, like it's what it's worth. These people are looking back and thinking, hey, you could have all the success in the world, but if I didn't spend time with my family and have that quality time, I'd have no one to share it with. I'd have no one to spend that time with that I now have. And so it's important to remember that and remember that you cannot get back your time. It is so valuable So think about, you know, even with where you're at in life right now, where are you spending your time? And yes, work is valuable because you can build things for your family and there's a purpose behind the work, you know, maybe you're building a legacy for your family. Maybe you're building so that you can spend time, spend more time with your kids. You know, there might be these, all these purposes of why you're working, which is good, but at the same time, remember, you know, you can't get that time back. Absolutely. Always crucial to remember that that is the one thing that you will never be able to buy back. One thing you'll never be able to get back. Put value against your time. I think too, like even having people around you that remind you those things as well, because sometimes we even become emotional about things and we give our time and our energy to certain things again that you won't get back. And so just not even looking at external factors only, it's also something that you can look at with your mental space and the time that you're putting into other things in that scope. I watched a movie called The Lobster and I left that movie thinking that is two hours. I will never get back. And I had never felt like I wasted so much time in my life. 
If you guys have seen that movie, you'll agree with me. It had amazing critic reviews, but every audience review sucked because it was terrible. And I, to this day, guys, this is three or four years ago I saw this movie. To this day, I have a regret. If someone asks me, what's your biggest regret? It is seeing the lobster. I wish I never spent those two hours doing that. Seriously. That's why every movie, okay, okay, here's one of my confessions. I fall asleep every movie, and people think it's really because I'm sleepy. Uh-uh. I haven't slept in days. <laughs> and you think I'm going to give this two hours she said, to this movie? this movie is not worth my time. No. Good night. That's what I should have done. That's what I should have done. I should have started watching this movie, and I should have just fell asleep. And then everyone's like, how was the movie? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, wow, Abby. Again? I'm like, I was so tired. But really... After 30 minutes, I said, uh-uh, I have never given two hours of my time away to something like this. <laughs> it's true, though. It's very, we laugh, but, like, you have to remember where your time is going and understand how important that is. Mm-hmm. Lesson two is stay curious and be open to new ideas, okay? This is from Michael Alden, best-selling author and CEO of Clihon, or Cle- I cannot pronounce this, guys, but it's C-L-O-I-X-O-N-N-E, okay? Abby might know how to pronounce this probably honestly better than I can. I <laughs> she don't, uh-uh. I probably butchered it. Cloyone, I, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, it's a really important lesson because they were giving examples in different articles of people, multiple people saying this lesson, you know, be curious and open to new ideas because I think a lot of people live their life very close-minded and very closed off. Think about when the internet was happening. A lot of people doubted and a lot of people said, this isn't going to happen. What is this? I don't know about this. People are very resistant to change. And every big business that has succeeded through all these different turns and challenges have been the businesses that adapt and are open to change and are open to trying new things. Think about Disney. When Disney had Disney Channel and they had their theme parks, What started happening as we went on with time in the last five years? Streaming happened. Well, streaming happened, and we were going through this with my master's program. We were kind of studying it, and I was then reading the book, The Ride of Lifetime by Bob Iger. Amazing read. Recommend everyone reads that at least once in their life. It's like a book that you'd want to read once a year. It's so good. But that book, he goes over, he said a lot of people were really curious what Disney was going to do before they announced Disney+. Plus. Because if they open up streaming, they are hurting and eating one of their own top revenue streams of their company, which is Disney Channel and their live TV. They're now changing it to streaming. So what do you do? Because you you can't cancel all of your live TV. I mean, I guess you could, but that wouldn't be a good decision. You have Disney Junior. You have like for the kids. You have your Disney Channel for like the teenagers and everything like that or like tweens, whatever. And then you have some ABC stuff, of course, is a Disney owned as well. And that's more for adults. So they've got kind of like all these live TV channels and this whole business model that they had to literally bid against now with their streaming to keep up. And they could have said, no, streaming isn't going to stay. That's a Netflix thing, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now you see what streaming looks like today and everyone's streaming. You have HBO, you have Hulu, you have Netflix. I mean, the names go on. Amazon Prime has done it now with Prime, Apple TV. I mean, everyone's streaming. And so Disney had to get ahead of the curve. 
And they were open to change. They were open to adapting, seeing how the market was moving. And they made Disney Plus. And it's like that was a great decision for them to keep up with everything else as the world is moving. So that's a great example. I think a prime example when I think of this of companies being either resistant to change or open to change, you got to be curious. You got to put yourself open to new ideas with a risk that it may not work out. You know, you even talk about cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency. Everyone's like, what is this? What's going on? Or I don't trust this. This isn't legit. Everyone has their own opinion on it. When it comes down to it, though, everything's moving digital. Barely anyone I know really carries around cash or coins or anything anymore. Everything's moving digital. When we were in Disney World, I'm telling you, it was like you have your credit card and you just, you check out and it's like tap, tap, tap. You just tap your credit card on things and that's it. It's so quick. Everything's moving digital. So do I think that cryptocurrency is here to stay? Yes. I just think we're in the phase right now where everyone's trying to figure it out. And we're in that adapting, that newly adapting phase where I think it's, again, has a lot more to go. But I think that's where we're definitely moving. Yes. And a lot of entrepreneurs nowadays, we might be recreating a concept. But due to the changes that have occurred in the past 20 years in the world, the digital era, COVID, all of these things that expedited change have truly caused us to not only be open to new ideas, but create new ideas ourselves. So when you have this curiosity that allows you to think outside the box, that's really going to be great in a time of innovation like this. But then also these new ideas are not sounding outlandish anymore. They stopped sounding outlandish a while ago because we've been living through so much change that if you're still trying to recreate the wheel from 30, 40, 50 years ago, sometimes you're truly about to run into a wall and you don't even see it because you're not looking at the possibilities or the outcomes of just long-term growth. Well, then that leads us to lesson number three, which is believe in yourself, your intuition, and your vision. So this is something that, again, I think is like top tier. A quote that we have is, think about the energy of a child, adventurous, fierce, unapologetic, inspirational, and tenacious. Most entrepreneurs lose that spark of self-belief after a few setbacks because they view failure as inescapable. Yet this is the most crucial time to work on reprogramming your brain to win So you can pivot and learn from your failure and move towards success. So this lesson, it came from Marina Rose, who is the founder and developer of Quantum DNA Acceleration, which is a revolutionary technique for quantum growth in health, lifestyle, and business. Again, someone who's very innovative, someone that's not afraid of change, but also had such a strong concept that she was pushing that she truly had to believe in herself for and had to believe in her gut feelings for. So when it comes to believing in yourself and having this childlike spirit, you have to truly remember that you're going to get a bunch of no's, but have fun with it. Believe in your adventure. Believe in what outcome you're looking to get out of things. Because at the end of the day, not everybody is going to think you have the best idea. Some people are going to think it's silly. Some people are going to think that it's something that truly has no light at the end of the tunnel, but you never know what's going to come out of it. I know that this is something that we could relate to 
as a digital marketing agency because we had to come up with a lot of new ideas, new concepts, new services, and things that weren't previously given to us as something you offer on a marketing agency. Till this day, we do not have a set list of services, not because we like don't have services we provide, but we just don't need to be put in a box because you don't know what you need until you know what you need, especially with so much change. That is very, very, very true. And even going on that, like we have different, like I've been saying with different services, like we provide so many different things, but every client needs something different or needs something kind of tailored a little bit more to them. And we don't want to put ourselves in a box and say, oh, we don't offer that or we can't offer that because that's just saying, oh, our team can't do that when we probably definitely can make that work and make a profit off of it. And we're not saying too, that's like everything. You don't just say yes to everything and just make everything work. But you have to be willing to put your thinking cap on to say, is this something that our team could take on as a challenge? And could we grow from this and add this on? Or is this something that isn't going to be profitable for us and not worth it? And you have to give yourself that room of thinking space to actually think about that option. We've definitely, with different projects and different clients, had to temporarily do different things or move a different way. But because we're so nimble like that, it makes us so successful because a lot of other agencies have their set ways and just set everything and they don't want to change. They're not willing to change or make, you know, an adaption when they need to for a client. And then they're like, oh, well, Boost Your Brand can do that. And they can do that at this like record time. But that's not unintentional, right? That's literally because of how we move and how we set up the company. And so I think like it's really important, but it's also really important to, again, like I think it's like romanticizing your life a little bit of that energy of a child where it's adventurous, fierce, unapologetic, inspirational, and tenacious love that quote, love those words. Like think about with yourself, like I'd like everyone listening right now to even ask yourself, do you think wherever you're at in life that you are adventurous, fierce, unapologetic, inspirational, and tenacious? Like, do you feel like you relate to any of those words or you see those words in yourself? And if not, I challenge you to find ways to get out of your comfort zone to do those things. We watch movies all the time of the person who's just working, 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 working till they die. Then all of a sudden something crazy and catastrophic happens or they have some type of an adventure that changes them and now their life is forever changed and they find their purpose. I mean, we see these stories all the time, but we see them as stories and we don't see them as reality and we don't romanticize our life. But honestly, even like when I'm leading a workout or when I'm doing things, I'm trying new things and testing limits and being unapologetic. Like even yesterday, like I was leading a class and I was like, and my music is loud. And I literally told people, I said, if you think my music is too loud, take another coach's class. Like I am unapologetically, this is me because guess what? When someone else comes to take my class and they hear quiet music, they're going to be like, what? Like that's not Hannah's vibe. That's not what Hannah represents. I represent people who work hard. And when you work hard, sometimes you like loud music because you want to not hear yourself breathe every two seconds as you're out of breath. And so that's my vibe. And if I listened to everyone and wasn't unapologetically myself, then I wouldn't have actually any brand to move on. I wouldn't be set on anything. I would be listening to other people's opinions. I really like that you said romanticize your life because that childlike storytelling, all things are possible mindset, you really become conditioned to have 
fear to close doors on yourself because, oh, no, that could never happen. Oh, that could never be me. Nobody believes in this, so I'm just going to let it go because you've heard no so many times in your life. I really like that you said romanticize your life because truly, truly, not everyone has the courage to take chances. Not everyone has the courage to bet on themselves when they've lived a life full of no's. But you have control over that, of how you program your brain to win, to pivot, to learn from failure. Amen. I think that's a great way to end lesson number three and move into lesson number four. Okay, this is so good, guys. Listen up. Lesson number four is empower empire builders. And before we go into what this means, let's read a little bit of a quote from entrepreneur.com of what this looks like. So here's a quote. Create an environment where not only you, but also everyone on your team can accomplish anything and everything they've ever wanted. As struggling entrepreneurs, we're often insecure and fearful that others will steal our clients, yet you'll never attract the best empire builders on the planet to work within your organization if you don't create an environment where they can thrive alongside you. When you start running your company with competence in a way that serves your team and clients, you'll be able to attract top talent and build a true empire that stands the test of time. This lesson is from AJ Rivera, seven-figure marketing expert, business advisor, and CEO of FitPro Heroes. I think, I know Abby's like eager to touch on this too, but hearing this quote, and that quote is something I just want to reread over and over again because I'm telling you when I say we stand for this, like we hired like our first full-time employee and it was like we were talking about it and I was like talking with Abby and talking with our Haley, which is our Haley, our girl that we we have working on our team. And I was just very adamant of reminding her like, hey, make sure you have passions and hobbies and things outside of work and everything that you are actually chasing and you have the ability to go after as well. Not in fear that, oh, she's going to have no time to do her work or whatever, but more of that will inspire her and help grow her and help really mold her into who she wants to be. I would never want someone working for me that has no life outside of work and sees their value in only work because that person is genuinely not going to be happy and that's an unhealthy relationship that you are fostering in your environment. You need to foster time for people to recharge their batteries, spend time with loved ones, have passions, have hobbies, and don't be afraid that they're going to do anything. Like they're going to, you know, you can't live in that fear, but live in the fact that you are empowering them. And they're not going to steal your clients and steal your ideas if they feel empowered. If they do not feel empowered and they think they can do it better than you, and you're kind of like competing with someone on your team, then you get into the danger zone because that's like, okay, yeah, then those people may be maybe manipulative or they may be doing things that don't have the company's best interest in mind because they don't feel empowered. So you want to make sure they feel empowered. The thing with feeling empowered, the thing is magnificent people, smart people that think outside the box will always feel empowered within themselves if they truly believe in their ideas. And when they're in an environment where someone's always shutting down their new ideas or someone's always telling them there's a right way to do it, you're wrong. That's when they will steal your clients. They will steal everything you have and leave with it. Because they're like, I'm telling you, this is... They won't steal your clients necessarily, but like 
they will realize that their power is not meant for that space. And you're going to lose amazing people because of that. And like, I love this because I feel like we do try to do this throughout our company. We've even had our interns that are talented, but they don't know where their talents lie yet. And so we'll give them a whole nother round of internship so that they can find out if this is for them instead. Because we see you have to look beyond the surface and you see a hardworking person, you see talent, you see a person that thinks outside the box, you see an expressive person, they just don't know where to place it yet. So we try to create these environments so that people can thrive in themselves and be the best version of themselves in those spaces, aka building empires. Well, and it's also going along with that, making sure that you are asking questions. So you are asking people What do you think about this? What are your ideas? What do you feel about this? Because you're opening yourself up to other opinions and other ideas instead of just saying, this is how it is, or this is what I'm telling you to do. You can also, too, like know that you're going to give direction, but just ask for their opinion anyway, just so that you know where they're coming from and where their headspace is at and what they're going through. Because that's important. They may feel a certain way and you just may not know because you're not asking questions and actually curious about it. So instead of being threatened to, I think a lot of people in life in general just feel threatened and they just act out of fear and anxiety and stress. Instead, like I, even now, like I've had 50, 60-year-olds just be, I can just tell they're feeling threatened. And I'm just kind of like, why don't you just admit to not knowing what you don't know, being proud of your own accomplishments and willing to grow in those spaces and collaborate with people and want the best for people. Not everything is get out of my way. This is a competition. I'm going to steal whatever. Like everything can be actually beautiful and collaborative And you have opportunity when you put yourself open to collaborating with people instead of kind of being like closed off to other people, then you're not empowering empire builders. You're literally creating competition with your empire builders. And you're honestly shooting yourself in the foot in the long run, because if those people are leaving you and putting themselves in those creative spaces, they're going to thrive more. They're going to grow more and they're going to have those opportunities that you didn't give them. And then your organization may only stand a few more years before it's run its course. So you got to really be open to it. It's so important. No, that is so true. That is so true. It really is. I think there's a huge, like all these have been amazing, but like this is something that's so hard for you to do because you have to humble yourself too as a leader to be able to sit there and say, what would make you feel more empowered in this space? You know? And I like how he said too in the quote, he's like, in a way that serves your team and clients. And that was like a good reminder too. Like you're not just trying to drive confidence in your clients, but you also need to drive confidence in your team and empower your team. So it's not just all about the performance and just like client, client, client. It's also about your team. How can you empower and thrive with them as well? Absolutely. Which leads to step number five, another humbling lesson. Get out of the way. Remember businesses are fueled fueled. Sorry. Remember businesses are fueled <laughs> by leadership, people, and systems. And that will lead to lasting success. This is also a huge humbling lesson. This is something that like it's a this was difficult for me to do, okay? Get out the way. What? 
What do you mean? <laughs> a quote for this lesson is, an early career mistake was fueling my business with too much personal time and energy. I created a paradigm where I was the single motor driving the ship. With this mindset, I quickly found myself working seven days a week, which was unsustainable and very difficult to duplicate. This quote is from Danny Morrell, the author of The Resilience Roadmap and founder of Empire University. But this quote, I think, is huge. Hannah and I, we learned this lesson the hard way because we started our business doing all of the work ourselves, doing every single task ourselves, not outsourcing anything and learning how to do everything under the sun, which was exciting for us. It was fun. We loved it. But as you grow, you have to remember that the power of this boat, the motor, is the people. It is how the people are being led. It's the systems that you built so that things can go on autopilot and you don't have to be in the room for things to work out. That leads to lasting success and sustainable success and efficiency while getting work done. So again, I like that he says an early career mistake because I feel like a lot of times as we're building something, it's like our baby and we want to control everything and we want it to be perfect and we want nobody to touch it and mess it up and dirty it and ruin what you created. But at the end of the day, that's when you have to learn to be a leader. If you want to scale and grow, you have to learn to be a leader. You have to learn to be able to pass on responsibilities to other people, people that really, they just want to do those things. That's all they want anyways. And then build systems so that these things can run efficiently and effectively. This, oh man, this is so challenging because when you start a business, you most of the time have very limited resources, right? Because you're just starting. You're just starting to figure things out and you're starting from scratch, right? So you're going to start doing a lot and making things move and making things work and trying different things. And like Abby said, almost trying everything under the sun. You're going to do a little bit of accounting. You're going to do a little bit of like every little piece of the work. You'll find yourself doing accounting, HR, leadership, executive roles, like marketing, advertising, like a little bit of everything in your business. And that although it might be necessary to start from because you're starting from scratch, is not sustainable when you're trying to build something that's going to run on its own, build something that's going to be something that can actually be of value and of purpose and something of a larger scale. And I think it's really important to have that in mind from the get-go of knowing, okay, I'm going to do this temporarily, but like, I need to get it in check real quick of what I am and like kind of label what I am doing and what that position would look like and, you know, what this can look like and all these things. And I think that's something that Abby and I are even going through personally right now of like we started the company, it was just me and her. Now we have a team and now we've hired people. And so what does it look like? How are we handling off the responsibilities? How are our systems set up? How are we working on the business instead of in the business in a way that we can duplicate and grow? not just so it's just going to be us forever. And I think this was hard for me to learn because I find a lot of value in work. And the work is, I can still find value in work, but it just looks different. And it's going to keep looking different because you do less and less, which is great. You want to do less and less of the actual work and more of actually running the people doing the work. That's the goal of the business. 
And, you know, I think it's great to learn everything from scratch because you do get to kind of learn a lot and that there are so many great valuable lessons, but you cannot get caught in not actually, as you grow, letting those things go and giving those responsibilities off and training people to do those things and having that growth mindset. I think the main key here is when you're building a business, building your career, understanding the long-term goal. The long-term goal, where do you see yourself in 10 years with this company or five years with this company, right? Maybe you're trying to sell the company. Well, if the company can't run without you, then you're in trouble because you can't sell yourself, right? You want to make sure that you have everything in place and all the systems lined up and everything so someone else can come in and it's not messy. Someone else can come in and say, great, this is the system, this is the process, got it, boom, done. And so this is something that I personally have been learning a lot of, and it's been a great lesson. I was talking to Abby today. I'm like, I'm so happy to learn these things because it's making us grow. It's making us be challenged. It's making us experience different things. And it's a beautiful thing to experience growth. It's just, it's so necessary to think about these things because if you get caught, just like he says early on, man, I was working seven days a week. I'm, you know, busting it. And that's not feasibly correct because he can't just train someone else to work seven days a week and and be a psychopath and do all those things. You might want to do it for your business, but that doesn't look like it the same way when you want to hire someone else to do it. That might take three people and three human capitals. And then you have to train them, pay them. And now it's like, It's almost like instead of just kind of going slow where you hire one person, train them, it's you and that person. As you grow, hire another person. Like instead of just growing in a very like a very steady rate, you're now having to scramble and figure all these things out and it makes it harder on yourself. So this is a great, great lesson that I'm personally, I feel like will be learning for the next five years (laughs) and going. Yes. No, that's amazing. It is hard to get out of the way because you feel like you're letting go of things that you love or you're losing control, but control is a big one. You can't feel like you need to control every little thing. Sometimes you have to give trust to other people after you've trained them to say, hey, it's okay if you fail or if they don't meet your expectations, like they're human, but you have to train them and equip them to do their job well. Yep, exactly. Well, that is the end of our five lessons. Just to review what we have gone over, lesson number one, put a price tag on your time. That's the one thing that you can't get back. Lesson number two, stay curious and be open to new ideas. Lesson number three, believe in yourself, your intuition, and your vision. Lesson number four, empower empire builders. And then lesson five, be okay getting out the way. Remember that your fuel comes from everything that you've built around you, not just from you alone. Beautiful. That's everything, Homegirl Hustlers. We hope you were able to really get a lot of things from the lessons I know I personally did and will be taking these with me as well. But thank you for listening. Make sure to reach out on Instagram and DM us if you have any ideas for any topics you want to hear, any questions you have, or just you want to talk to your Homegirl Hustlers. We are always here. Join our private Facebook group for some private, amazing just we have like we talk about our guest speakers there we offer mentorships there it's a great networking place so make sure you join that if you haven't already and stay tuned for next week's episode on wednesday see you later homegirls